0: Hi everyone, welcome to the SolarView Podcast. I'm Tom Miller, editor of SolarView Magazine, and today I'm sharing the second of BayWa's COVID-19 town halls. We covered a broad range of topics today. We got some of the global perspective from our head of global distribution, Frank Jessel, an update from the head of sales for LG Electronics, David Chang, with some very positive consumer numbers from their website, and also from the supply side of things. And we talked with Vikram Agarwal as well about what kind of consumer interactions he's seeing on the Energy Sage platform. We also talked with SIA on the permitting resources that they're working hard to create, which you should definitely check out. They built a database where you can see what offices are open in different jurisdictions and also give them feedback about what you're seeing in your region. Is is the office open or is there a mail drop? Um, Is there online permitting available in your area? And SIA will take that information and update the database uh, more, more or less in real time. So it's kind of a back and forth effort to keep those permits flowing. And along those lines, we also talked with UNIRAC about a free permitting offer that they're running. And you can find out more about that free permitting offer in our upcoming webinar on Monday, April 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes, or you can go to solar-distribution.com to find out more. So there's a ton of content from a number of speakers uh, today in the town hall, and overall, I thought the conversation was pretty optimistic. Um, Unlike last week, there was less time for audience interactions and Q&A as we went, which I personally missed. So uh, we're going to try to bring back more of that in the next town hall. And that one will be on Wednesday, April 8th at 9 a.m. Pacific. So that's it. Hope you enjoy. Let's get to Baywa's second COVID-19 town hall. We have questions for them, and I'd like to hand it over to Boaz, uh, our CEO, who's done a great job of piloting us um, in at BEWA RE Solar Systems for the last couple of weeks in this tough time. He's going to say a few words uh, about what's on his mind. And I also want to add that this is Boaz's uh, 10-year anniversary with BEWA. So
1: congratulations, Boaz. Thanks, Tom. Uh, this year alone feels like 10 years so far. <laughs> um, so yeah, first of all, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, Tom asked me to talk about what's on my mind um, this week. And honestly, earlier this week, a lot of what was on my mind was a little darker than it had been. Um, in particular, the news that came out of the federal government earlier this week about, you know, projected impacts from Corona. The, the economic news um, seems to be getting a little bleaker this week. So I wanted to focus on silver linings and, and some of the things that we're talking about in RE that I imagine some of you are seeing also, but I, I think it's um, extremely valuable to see the opportunity um, that's emerging as we all deal with the, the COVID-19 crisis. Um, the, the first silver lining that I just wanna call attention to is innovation. And I think we're only starting to see that um, I think over the next two or three months, we're going to see a lot more innovation, and I'm talking about innovation at a at a really large scale. I mean, just all the schools transitioning to online learning or or um, supported homeschooling um, is requiring a lot of innovation. But of course, we're seeing innovation in the solar industry in some new ways, also. Um, I think for for us. One of the most interesting aspects of that is organizational innovation. Um, So we had been talking about reconfigurability as a capability that we wanted to have for a while. Um, And this crisis is really testing our ability to suddenly stand up a reconfigurable organization. And within two weeks, um, essentially, we shut down um, the executive team, some of our leadership teams, um, quite a few of the projects we were working on and stood up a COVID response team um, and three COVID work streams um, uh, on on financial health, um, on staying close to our customers and uh, on taking care of our people, right? So, so being able to reconfigure in a really short period of time um, was amazing and that's a capability we wanna take forward with us. Um, Also really practically um, how we're managing pipelines with our customers um, and and predicting their inventory needs and and working with them is creating opportunities that I think are going to translate into potential automations pretty soon here where, where we're gathering pipeline information and automating order planning essentially um, and uh, you guys, customers, um, solar contractors are, are learning how to sell online. Inspectors are learning how to do inspections by FaceTime in a variety of places. Um, and it, all of those are just the beginning of kind of the, what I think is a wave of digital transformation in solar. So I think there's incredible opportunity there. I think another thing worth mentioning is um, solar or renewable energy might be incredibly well supported coming out of this crisis. And um, initially I'm referring to kind of the, the work that's happening in um, the stimulus package um, that, that is now being negotiated. But there are things like ITC extension, um, a reintroduction of the 1603 tax grant, Um, some relaunch of the American um, Reinvestment and Recovery Act um, that followed the 2008 financial crisis um, that's really um, aimed at infrastructure development using American companies and American resources. Um, And often in recessions, infrastructure and energy get investment. So I think there's Um, some great opportunity there for us in the in the midterm and then I think social transformation is probably the most interesting and most important outcome of this and that's not a that's not a business statement um, but really what I've seen in how people are connecting with each other um, finding interesting ways to connect with each other Um, one of our employees organized a a happy hour on Zoom. I'm sure many of you have done that already by now. Um, we might all shave our heads <laughs> over the weekend on Zoom together uh, because nobody's getting out for a haircut anytime soon. Um, so really this connecting with each other is happening at an incredibly high level and that's really gratifying to see. And I think that's transforming us socially. Uh, you know, The very fabric of our society is transforming. And we're coming together for a greater purpose. And that does have an impact for renewable energy too and for um, mitigating climate change and for um, rebalancing our relationship between economy and ecology, which I think is what a lot of us are here for. So um, yeah, I thought I'd start out on an optimistic note. And uh, thank you again so much for being here. It's an honor and um, looking forward to the discussion.
0: Great. Thank you, Boaz. Um, So now I'd like to talk about uh, the global perspective a little bit, and to do that I'd like to bring up the head of global distribution for BEWA RE. This is Frank Jessel and he's uh, dialing in from Germany, Um, can we get him up on screen, let's see. Great, there you are. Hi Frank, good morning, thank you for joining us, or good evening in Germany.
2: Good afternoon, yeah, thanks for letting me be part of that great idea. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. So um, can you give us a quick overview? How many BEWA distribution entities do you oversee? And what are you most focused on right now as head of global distribution?
2: Sure. Uh, so we have currently 18 distribution entities, respectively, sales offices around the globe. We employ around 450 people, uh, which is quite significant in terms of distribution. We are divided into three regions. EMEA, where we have the strongest footprint, and uh, followed by Americas, and luckily, I have great managers, like Boa Soifo, who is on that call, uh, who is also running Canada and Mexico for, for me. So that's great support. And uh, then we have also the last region, Asia-Pacific.
0: Great. Um, so, Bewa has a distribution company in Italy and Spain, and they've both been very hard hit. Um, can you talk us through some of the challenges our sister companies are facing around the world right now? And are there any lessons that we might take from their experiences?
2: Yeah, definitely. But let me go back first uh, to to the first question uh, because it was not completely answered. So what am I focused on uh, mainly because it's really crucial um, for our employees and also for our customers to hear. um, It was actually people, liquidity and supply chain. And that's actually it happened in that order. Um, So we take people uh, very seriously. Uh, Our employees make the difference. So safety first Uh, We put a lot of effort in providing our employees with the safest possible working environment. Uh, Luckily, we have invested very early in digitizing our infrastructure. Um, So most of our colleagues can work from home. You know, it's a very American thing, actually, in Europe. It's it's not that common. It is now, as it was a learning curve for us here in Europe, definitely. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's also very important to reassure um, our staff um, and everyone around us uh, that they have a safe job. Right, so that was uh, what I was concentrating on first. Liquidity, uh, you know, and in general, we we are in a very strong position and uh, we have a strong balance sheet, but uh, nobody knows how long uh, that that crisis is going to last. Uh, So even we have to model and we have to have different scenarios in place uh, in order to make sure that we uh, stay in that position. Um, Last point was actually supply chain, so you have to imagine we carrying more than, way more than 100 million euros of inventories around the globe. Um, So that's very crucial to have the right level of inventory to make sure our customers have what they need. And of course we carry a certain risk with it because nobody knows how demand is going to develop.
0: Great. Um, so can you talk about some of the challenges those companies are facing right now and any of the, any lessons that are coming up for you from those experiences?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, your question was in, in specifically about Italy and Spain and, and we definitely were hit the hardest uh, in Europe and uh, specifically in those two countries. Um, so in Italy, it was just astonishing and we experienced such a rapid change in, in circumstances and it was extremely difficult for our Italian colleagues in particular to adopt to the constantly changing environment. Uh, so, you know, from basic home office rules to a complete shutdown within weeks, uh, that's also mentally a huge challenge. And we must not forget that we are talking about human beings that also have families and friends and uh, they also have to get adjusted to their private um, lives and homeschooling alone can be very challenging. Um, Boaz pointed it out himself. and I speak out of experience because I have three kids myself and just to get used to the new situation is very challenging. Um, but the same is true, actually, again, it's people, customers, liquidity and supply chain. Um, that those are the major takeaways, um, what our installer base actually can learn from it. So for instance, initially we were overwhelmed with uh, demand, right? So. It was, we had a huge pipeline in particular in Europe, uh, customers were booked up till June or July, right? Uh, And all of a sudden they were afraid and there was not only panic buying about toilet paper, actually there was also panic buying uh, in terms of PV uh, components. Uh, So that was something we had to make sure our customers are getting it and I can only urge everyone uh, in the industry to make forecasting, to make sure that your partner uh, knows about your demand uh, and you communicate that as early as possible. Yeah. But also was, was uh, what was very interesting to see that people never in expected the worst, right? They always adopted uh, to very reactive to the next level of restrictions. And I guess you have to have scenarios in place uh, and just expect the worst and uh, have a a solution for that uh, occurrence in order to make sure that you're not running into huge difficulties. Right. Um, What is also very helpful and I love your website, and I guess that's very crucial for our customers and business partners uh, to understand how to apply for loans. Uh, What's the process behind it? Um, You hear so much on the news, but if you go down and want to find out specifically what needs to be done, um, then sometimes it's really you're helpless. And uh, we have some certain rules in Spain, for instance, you're not allowed to lay off people. What does that mean? How can we make sure not to have uh, to lay off people? Do we get government uh, grants? Do we get subsidies? Uh, In Germany, you cannot file for insolvency. Okay, that's a new rule. How is it implemented? What does it mean? Uh, and so it's very important that we help our customers uh, during those extreme times and, and help them educate themselves.
0: Right. Yeah, I think um, one thing that came out from what you said was um, that communication between um, distributors and their partners. You know, there's a lot of help that Baywalk can offer our partners in, in how to navigate this time. Um, in Europe, uh, supply chain concerns seem to have, be, have diminished in a lot of ways. Um, you have unique visibility into the global renewable energy space. What's your feeling at a high level? Is renewable energy well positioned to come out of this crisis?
2: Yeah, that's very true. So uh, we currently see hardly any backlogged uh, products anymore in Europe in particular. Um, in my opinion, we're going to find ourselves in an overply- oversupply situation by June, July. Um, I know there's some vendors or manufacturers on that call. They might uh, to differ about that, but um, I believe that uh, we are not focused and our customers also are not focused enough on sales beyond June, July. And they're not talking about pipeline. They're more concerned about finishing the jobs at hand um, and to basically install all the orders they have in their books already. Um, So if you look at a global perspective, you look at 157 gigawatt roughly of capacity And uh, the predictions in terms of global demand vary from 105, which is pretty low, to, um, let's say, 140. um, But definitely nobody talks about an undersupply. And when we are going to hit that um, scenario and and that situation needs to be seen, but I I believe in in July we're going to have a massive oversupply, uh, depending a bit on the region and and a bit um, on the manufacturer. But uh, definitely, there might be some pressure on pricing again, um, and that's something we have to we have to take into consideration. Um, I believe definitely we are in the in the right industry. Um, energy is so important, and the, the positive facts about renewable energy they they remain the same, right? We we still have an environment to protect, uh, and there, as also Boris pointed out, there's going to be so many subsidies. And grants and programs to to enable us to conduct business. So I'm I'm actually pretty optimistic um, for for the end of this year, um, and definitely I believe we're going to have uh, an amazing next year, and we're going to recover next year. And of course, that's very much true. In particular, if we found by then a vaccine, uh, and uh, you know, people can feel safer um, uh, at home and uh, and outside.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, Frank, I know you have to run. Thank you so much for sharing that that global perspective with us. Um, Just one last question. Um, Out of all the distribution companies you manage around the globe, and there are quite a few, um, are
2: are we your favorite? (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, You put me on the spot. I can only have uh, wrong answers here, but uh, I have to say, it was always the favorite of my, my mother, and uh, she expressed that also. Um, my siblings hated me for it, and I learned a lesson, uh, not to say, um, but you're definitely doing an outstanding job, and uh, you're amazing guys.
0: Okay. Thanks for taking the time, Frank. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Okay. Okay, great. So I'd like to bring up uh, David Dunlap right now. David is going to give us the operational status update for uh, BEWA. Uh, David, thanks for joining us, please take it away.
1: Absolutely, yeah, so um, as we've been posting on our website, um, we are still 100% operational. Um, all of our uh, warehouses are 3PL operated and most of them have um, a variety of other products and services in their area, um, most of which are um, still still up and operational. So in um, our freight carriers, we work with national and regional carriers, they're also um, still up and running. So. Um, and as Boas has mentioned, and you have mentioned, Tom, all of um, our staff is connected digitally and, and uh, um, able to work 100% remotely. So we're open for business. We're, we're here to help and support and satisfy demand wherever it, it can be recognized and realized um, according to those um, health and financial choices that, that each of us is making. great.
0: Thanks, David. Um, and David's gonna stay on the line if you have other Baywa operational questions um, and he'll be joining our conversation later with David Chang from LG. Uh, I'd like to bring it back to the US right now. We have a, a solar contractor uh, joining the conversation now. And this is Corey Garrison from South Face Solar in Phoenix, Arizona. Corey, nice to see your face. Uh, I believe you're muted, um, but thanks for joining us today. Nice, we can hear you. Um, what's the update for, from Phoenix? How are you guys doing? Are you still installing?
3: We are installing. Uh, we've put a lot of emphasis into our site safety plans, incorporating uh, COVID-19. You know, basically cognitive exercise of what happens if someone's exposed? How do we sanitize the area? How do we coordinate off? Um, we've implemented a lot of OSHA guidelines um, to not only protect our people, but the customers that we're working around. Um, so we've really focused on updating our site plans and, and what can we do to ensure our customers are safe and that our employees are safe ultimately. Um, and
4: yeah.
3: I find that by having those meetings and then walking people through a process that we've thought about um, and put a lot of effort into, that it, it empowers them a little bit more to feel safe on on job sites. So yeah. we also have a no contact, no entry order, so we don't go into homes.
0: Okay. What's demand look like there? Uh, sales have
3: uh, fall down. We've had a lot of uh, contract signing cancellations. Um, we will. I do see we will still get sales, um, but it's definitely uh, slowed down for us on the sales side. Installations, uh, our pipeline. We had a pretty long build out at this point, so we're kind of working through that while we navigate the waters of how to increase sales or even. Um, how do we, how do we digitize that conversation? Um, one of the things we're trying to do on the sales front is uh, get our sales staff. Um, one we've authorized, if they feel comfortable to have an outdoor meeting, patio meeting, uh, driveway meetings, but again, we're not going into homes. um, and we're recognizing the social distancing, at least minimum of six feet with no touching. Um, also, how do we integrate a digitized conversation, a webinar, Zoom, Skype, uh, you know, which way is the best? And we're finding that most people uh, have a lot of different avenues for that. Um, so we're we're working through that. Um, I don't think there's a best in class. I think we have to find what works for our customer. Right. And so that's what we're trying to
0: utilize. Great. Thanks for the update from Phoenix, Corey. We appreciate it. And Corey's going to stay on the line if you have any questions for him. So now I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about data. And joining us, we have Vikram Agarwal, the CEO and founder of EnergySage, one of the largest solar online marketplaces. Uh, Vikram's a regular guest on our podcast and at our annual Business Leadership Summit. Good to see your face, Vikram. How are you doing?
5: Likewise, Tom. Thank you for having me on the podcast, on the uh, town hall today.
0: No worries. We're used to podcasts. This is a new thing for us. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to do a little bit of a rapid fire with you. Um, you know, I'd like to talk to you about what you're seeing on the Energy Sage platform, uh, and we can dig in a little bit more um, during the Q and A as well. But um, what are the interactions on your on the Energy Sage platform telling you? Um, are there any surprises there?
5: Yeah. Sure. So we we keep very close eye daily. We are looking at our traffic, our uh, registrations, which is people signing up to get quotes, very, very closely. Uh, so I think about three weeks ago, when kind of the first stay-at-home order came at the federal level, uh, that week was definitely uh, one of the biggest impacts that we have seen uh, in terms of organic traffic, decline in organic traffic and de- decline in consumer engagement. Uh, it was it was definitely not a welcome number. Uh, it was, uh, we were down, I think uh, we are down still Actually, if there was something of a surprise, I would say there is a little bit of a pleasant surprise. And wh- why I would say that is we were fully expecting that uh, consumers are going to pull back solar as a big ticket item. Uh, and these are uncertain times. So we were fully expecting that maybe the numbers are going to be worse, but the numbers were not as bad as, uh, as could have been. So I think we saw uh, in the teens decline uh, in terms of uh, traffic and registrations. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we have started seeing an uptick uh, in both the the traffic and people signing up uh, to get quotes, and uh, in this week, uh, we are actually seeing double digit increases week over week uh, uh, from that perspective. So, uh, again, there are there are good signs. I think uh, the the good and the bad here, I think, is uh, that the solar, like every other industry, I think, is maybe moving more online than it has in the past. Uh, I think uh, solar industry has been very much a uh, in-person, face-to-face prospecting and sales sales process, uh, while the consumer now, of course, is less less open to those possibilities. So they are definitely, I think they have time. People are still interested in solar, I think just to Frank put it really, really well. So I'm gonna parrot him that uh, this is the right industry for us to be in. 40% Forty percent of American households are interested in solar or have con- seriously given thought to installing solar, so right. plenty of interest out there. And uh, based on our based on our site, our organic traffic, this is not we are not advertising to get these people. These people are actively searching for solar, right. and finding Energy Sage. So very excited to see that uh, things are yeah, after a very strong dip, third second third week of March and starting to see. Right. Up.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask a demand question, like, what are you watching for to see when demand's coming back? But it sounds like it—it it already is. I'm—I'm um, I'm wondering, you know, are those quotes converting to sales? Is another question. Are just people at home online shopping essentially right now?
5: Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a great question. So usually, what we see sales cycles uh, uh, to be anywhere from six to twelve weeks uh, uh, for a good good majority of. Of uh, sales that go through uh, in these times what we are finding is consumers are still engaging with our energy advisors with our installers they're reviewing their quotes uh, but decisions are taking longer uh, I think there is uh, the good news here is people are saying they are they remain interested in solar uh, but before they make a final decision they need they want to see uh, some economic uh, stabilization uh, right. and that's where uh, we we all know the amount of trillions of dollars the federal government has already put in and is uh, planning to now put in even more. Uh, as that uh, starts hitting the start hitting the economy, we can see those decisions now accelerating.
0: Right, that's great. That's good news for our industry. I'm happy to hear you say that. Um, one more question before I let you go. I know you're not a macroeconomist and this is an unprecedented time. Um, and I'm going to ask you a big question and I'm hoping for a quick answer, but, uh, is there anything that you can share with us about how industries weather during recessions? Uh, if we are looking at a recession or a long town downturn, which industries tend to bounce back faster and
5: why? Holy cow. Okay. Uh, uh let me, let me not try to answer that question <laughs> because that would make me an economist and a very wealthy person if I could do that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I think I'm, I'm very excited about the solar industry. I think partly because the consumer interest is there. Consumers are going online. And any company that can now, I think as, as Corey mentioned, they are trying to learn how to go digital. Can, you can, if you can learn how to engage the consumer now while they, are, uh, they have the time to pay attention and evaluate, maybe the decision is delayed by a few weeks. But if you can now um, uh, prime that pump, so that when the decision time comes, that you are there and and filling the pipeline for the future. Yeah. So uh, very excited about uh, where, where we are. Uh, but we have to plan, I think, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that's a great point. Thank yeah. you for taking the time, Vikram. We appreciate it. And Thank Vikram's going to hang out if you have questions on the data side or anything else for him. Um, so you, um, we're going to um, bring up, um, Let's see, we have Evelyn Butler now, and so many aspects of the solar industry, as we know, um, are shut down or slowed, and resources that might have been available are no longer available, but one thing that's gotten a lot of attention lately is, is permitting. And there's a lot of work being done by local jurisdictions to help to try and keep that part of the business running and we're also seeing a lot of uh, inspections done virtually as well and on the permitting side SIA has done a great job of tracking and sharing uh, various permitting resources so we have on the line Evelyn Butler uh, with SIA she's the senior director for codes and standards thank you for joining us today we appreciate it and thanks to all Um, the work you and SIA are doing um, on behalf of the industry to help provide these resources. We really appreciate it. I'd like to ask you to give us a brief overview of the work you and your team are doing on the permitting front and how solar contractors can best make use of that.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Tom, to you and Boaz for inviting us to be part of the conversation. I think like many of you um, at BayWa and your Uh, contractors and and customers. Um, Since all of this has occurred, we've developed a really highly focused, highly targeted focus on um, trying to help members and industry manage through the entire crisis. And so we did develop um, a COVID-19 kind of focused web page on our website where we're collecting and sharing information that we've also been able to collect and confirm and um, analyze. And uh, there are two surveys on there that I think are of particular interest. One is um, a survey tracking, you know, overall business and employee impacts, and that helps guide, you know, our actions as well. Um, And, but with respect to permitting, um, where we've really focused is trying to identify, you know, which jurisdictions and municipalities continue to accept permit applications, continue to do inspections, um, and really give, continue to give the green light for solar um, to be installed and operating. And so right now um, we've collected hundreds of lines of data about jurisdictions um, that can still accept permits, whether it's by mail or in person, by email or online. You'll also see if they're accepting virtual payments or if they're asking for folks to send in a check, for instance, if they're doing, you know, design review appointments by phone or Zoom or some other method. Um, And then also, um, you know, we recognize that because a lot of installers are trying to work through their queues and they're having those kinds of difficulties, um, we have those folks also sharing information with us about those challenges. And then what we're doing is reaching out to those jurisdictions directly to say, you know, how can we help in terms of um, not just solar, but really for everything they're doing for construction, you know, to connect them to an online payment resource or, you know, to how to create an email alias, right, in order to to accept permits uh, applications by email, things like that. So. And we're trying to develop some guidance as well that we can share with other jurisdictions to say here here's how you can you know quickly get through this process because they also want to stay in business if you will
0: yeah and the i've seen they it's almost like a very robust excel doc with a lot of different information being updated almost live it looks like uh, about different jurisdictions and their functionality so yeah it's a great resource um In the first round of I'd like to ask you a jobs question now um, if you're able to share some data. Um, You know the first round of jobless claims is about 3.3 million we just saw today I believe it's at 6.6 million. Um, Do you um, have any sense of of how the solar industry is being impacted as a part of that 6.6 million? Um, You know we have had some difficult conversations with customers you know making that balancing act of how long should I you know, try to keep my operations going at a loss. You know, what's what's that balancing act? But wanting to keep people around for Q3 or Q4 potentially. You know, when um, when the solar industry does a lot of installing. So yeah, what can you share with us about you know some of the results from your survey as it relates to jobs?
6: Sure, um, happy to share what we have. And you're right, it is being updated pretty pretty regularly. We ask folks, even if you've already completed the survey once, to keep completing it because it gives us a live look at how things are continuing to progress, um, as you know, some of the shelter-in-place orders get updated, or as you know, uh, different nuances are being added to those. Um, we also want to see that impact, and unfortunately, DG is getting um, hit the most. I think what's happening there is we have a lot of companies, smaller companies that um, maybe 50 or less employees where they're really trying to weigh, right, how to continue on through this, but at the same time keep their employees' best interests um, at heart. And obviously this last package, the CARES Act that was passed, um, you know, helps provide, you know, in general some tools for businesses um, and some relief and aid. Um, And so the, the difficulty is trying to decide, do I take advantage of that now Or do I wait because likely some more industry-specific relief may be coming in the near future as, you know, Congress and and the House start to look at more specific ways to to help industries that are really affected by this. Um, What we are seeing is, you know, on average, you know, respondents are reporting somewhere in the 25% in terms of layoffs and furloughs. Again, we think that's uh, an immediate response to, know, trying to help their employees take advantage of any aid um, or uh, resources that are out there, particularly as different states, you know, are waiving, you know, wait times as far as unemployment, or if there's more um, ambiguity about future business, if there's an opportunity for them to to go find other employment that's a little bit more stable in the meantime, but still allows them to, to come back. So... I think, you know, unfortunately those are, you know, some of the immediate actions that we're seeing, Um, but our teams also, um, our federal and state teams are also working pretty tirelessly to to try and develop other more focused um, aid and relief um, for us, you know, with respect to, you know, re-looking at the ITC, you know, how can we uh, reinvigorate our efforts to get that extended? In what form should that take place? You know, would direct payments instead of the tax credits be more helpful to organizations in the short term so that they can continue on with business? Um, you know, there's a lot of different ideas and, and angles to that. And um, you know, we're still really interested in getting you know, the industry and, and companies' inputs on that. You know, what can help them through this immediate short time Um, so that we can really fight for that on the Hill or in the different states as we can.
0: Great. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. I love your background, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So are you able to stay on the line to answer any questions?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Okay,
0: great. Thank you very much, Karen. We appreciate it. And thank you for all the work C is doing. You're welcome. Um, I'd like to bring up... um, our representative or our partner from UNIRAC now, we have Karen Pranamanandam, and she's going to talk about um, some of the partner tools. We talked a little bit about permitting earlier and uh, Karen, hi, thanks for joining us today. Um, Can you please tell us about, uh, yeah, what UNIRAC is offering in terms of permitting?
7: Um, Absolutely. Um, So thank you for having me on today. Um, for those of you who were at the, uh, the leadership summit a few weeks ago when all of this madness happened, um, we mentioned that we have that UNIRAC has rolled out a permitting program. It's, it's not widely publicized uh, as of yet. Uh, we're, we're really rolling it out in a very um, strategic way. Uh, of course, Bewa is one of the partners that we're gonna be doing this with. And, um, you know we thought that this would be a you know with the current situation um, this would be a great way for us to be able to help uh, customers succeed in the marketplace um, as Evelyn mentioned you know these are challenging times um, and so a lot of companies are rolling back you know their back office staff or they or, or they perhaps you know have uh, limited um, Availability or possibility to actually create permit packets for and permit plan sets for, uh, for their jobs. And so this is, you know, this is all one of the ways that Unirac we think that we can help. Um, so we've been invited to do a webinar um, on the subject on Monday, and we're really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, so you know, the program has. We've been doing permitting, um, as I said, at a, at a sort of a. A very limited basis with very key partners around the country. We've been testing it out for a little over 18 months now, and uh, with a very high success rate. And so, they, I, know, I know there's a lot of partners already um, that we do this program with uh, around the country. But very specifically, this is uh, you know this is something new that we're going to roll out with BayWa. So, Great. open to questions. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. And you're gonna hang on the line for us too. And that, uh, that webinar will be Monday. Do you know what time that starts?
7: Uh, yes, I actually have it, I think it's at 10 a.m. Pacific, 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 Pacific standard time, time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it's, um, let's see, I just have the, yeah, it's on Monday, uh, 10 a.m. Specific standard time, and you'll have uh, Sai Upu and uh, Robert Fulbright who run our permitting program um, team uh here in Albuquerque
0: uh delivering that webinar. Great and folks can go and uh go to solardastersdistribution.com and find out more about that offer. Thank you for talking with us today Karen we appreciate it. Not a problem. So now I'd like to talk to another solar contractor. We have uh Stephen Trimble from Arctic Solar Ventures which to me sounds very cold somewhere where I'm not necessarily going to be, want to be on the roof. How are you doing, Stephen? Thank you for joining us. Doing well, Tom. So I hope you're not frozen, right. but um, oh, I think we have maybe I have a little bit of a connection issue. Uh, oh, there you go. So yeah, how's it going up in Alaska? Uh, is the contractor business up there following a similar trajectory as the lower 48
8: um, <clears throat> it is in a lot of ways, you know, I think we had kind of an unusual situation where we had a late spring, um, with some, kind of some, uh, an extended snow season that sort of coincided with the beginning of, of this crisis. So we, um, our field teams were already out of the field at that point, um, because we had heavy snows to deal with. And so I think it sort of gave us a little extra time to prepare us for this um, remote transition that mm. we're in now.
0: Interesting. Are you seeing um, projects being canceled or pushed out? What are you finding?
8: You know, we're not seeing projects canceled yet. Um, what we are seeing is is probably a little uptick in um, initial customer interest. And so mm. we're seeing Uh, More customers coming in thinking about solar as a resiliency solution. Um, You know, on the residential side, that self-reliance piece is very strong. And we try to um, direct a lot of our marketing materials that way. And on the small commercial project side, we're seeing a lot of business owners wanting to take their monies out of volatile markets and place them in something that's stable and long-term like solar. Interesting. And so those are, I think those sort of silver linings that we see. Uh-huh. Um, the one thing that we do see on, that's sort of on the, on the negative side, and I think it's largely related to noise primarily is that we're seeing a lot of customers verbally commit and then we send their contract for signature and then they're hanging on to their contract for a while due to the, just kind of all the international noise and uncertainty right now.
0: Are you? Um, were you doing door-to-door sales before? Were you doing virtual sales? Any plans to change that?
8: Yeah, we were doing um, a, a lot of virtual already, um, mm-hmm. so that allowed us to sort of bolster that um, that side of our business and um, and grow it and really sort of push ourselves to innovate in that direction. And so what we've been doing is very early on. Um, because we're uh, members of the Amicus Solar Cooperative, we had bo- kind of boots on the ground, news and information from our other co-owners around the country of sort of what was happening in some of the hot hotspots um, for this pandemic. So we responded very early and shut our office down to be completely remote four weeks ago. And so, um, and then we publish guidelines for COVID-19 response online as quickly as we possibly could. And we kind of lead every customer interaction with that. You know, So we talk about social distancing. We talk about the altering of uh, some of our protocols to being remote. We use Zoom a lot. Um, you know, There's still a good portion of, of customers that want to communicate via phone, and that works as well. What's nice about Zoom is that if you're sort of reviewing a proposal with a customer, you can even work on um, design revisions with them while you're sharing your screen and, and, and live. And if you sort of have a techie customer, like opening that door to them to allow them to see that um, I think is a pretty powerful tool, which even if we, you know, even if we were doing doing that, uh, you know, pre-COVID-19, we wouldn't even have access to that type of interaction. You know, yeah. unless we were using using Zoom in such a way already. So I think that can sort of be a, a powerful tool that we can we can explore further.
0: Yeah, great. Thanks for that perspective. We appreciate it. Thank be well up there. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so for the final part of our program, I'd like to bring up our next guest. We have David Chang, the senior director and head of sales for solar energy and storage at LG Electronics. Awa is a longtime partner of LG, and we're in continual conversation with David and members of his team, but it's great that we can have you on and talk directly with our partners today. Thanks for joining me.
4: Yeah, thanks, Tom, for having me, and uh, thanks for giving me an excuse to uh, get out of my road.
0: Nice. Yeah. Some of us are doing the same thing as well. Um, So you have a, a, a unique perspective on what's happening in the U.S. right now. What insights can you share with us? What are you seeing?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we've been kind of uh, talking to all of our installers or as many as we get to, um, you know, what we're seeing overall is kind of, uh, you know, 25% uh, percent of our of the installers that we see out there are kind of, um, you know, temporarily shut down or some of them may be permanently shut down. And of those, um, you know, balance of 75%, uh, I think they're kind of running at a, a, you know, 50% rate in terms of sales. Now, installations is still kind of ongoing because they're, they're uh, fulfilling pipelines that um, they've kind of sold maybe uh, towards the end of last year or, or early Q1, um, but, uh, you know, sales has definitely slowed down.
0: Yeah. Um, Boaz talked last week about how we need to confront the brutal facts right now, and we're actually, we're hearing some positive signs, but, you know, what um, are you hearing uh, about the impact uh, the coronavirus has had on residential solar? Um, immediate impacts and, and what are we seeing in the coming months? What's your perspective?
4: Yeah, for so for us, we're already planning kind of a fifty percent uh, um, uh, kind of a, a down uh, trend for for Q two, okay. um, and obviously Q three. It's, it's really hard to predict right now, but I think we are um, baselining a twenty five percent decrease in our forecast for Q for Q three. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, anybody that's that's that's, uh, you know, 100% sure of of what's going to happen in in Q3, um, you know, either don't know what they're talking about or are just, uh, you know, fooling themselves.
0: Yeah. Um, The solar industry is constantly changing. There's a ton of complexity. um, And I like to think that we're a very resourceful kind of industry. What are you seeing in terms of some of the innovation that's happening uh, with solar contractors out there? Anything come to mind?
4: yeah absolutely I mean I think um, you know it's it's the the silver lining is I think um, you know there's definitely a lot of uh, evolution towards uh, remote selling and it seems like it's been fairly successful uh, we're still trying to get some more data points from uh, various installers mm-hmm. but it seems like remote selling has been successful for for some um, and you know I think that's you know in the long term I think it's going to really help us uh, in the U.S. Uh, solar industry to help reduce kind of uh, a soft cost, right? Which has always been a big problem in the U.S. Uh, solar industry. So when you, you know, when you uh, talk to Frank uh, earlier and uh, when you look at kind of the, the system cost difference between the, the EU and the U.S., it's, it's tremendous. And, and, and most of that is based on the soft cost. So, you know, any way I think, uh, you know, I think the, the it's, this is gonna benefit us in the, in the long term in terms of reducing kind of that soft cost.
0: Yeah. Vikram um, talked about some data that's coming through on his website that shows some positive trends. Uh, are you at LG seeing anything positive uh, on your website?
4: We are. We are actually. It's kind of surprising. When I first saw the, um, the presentation or the slide deck from our uh, VP of marketing, um, I was kind of shocked. But uh, it's understandable because people are kind of sitting at home and, and maybe they're curious. And so we are seeing a huge increase in our traffic. Uh, on just our, our, our um, lg.com site uh, for solar. Um, so I have some, I've written down some, uh, some numbers for you so I don't misquote here. Uh, but uh, we're seeing traffic on a year-over-year basis. So year-to-date, year-over-year basis, uh, up 46%. Um, you know, for, for when we just look at the short term, the current week versus uh, uh, same period of, of, of 2019, we're seeing a, a, almost a 30% increase. And, you know, the customer, what we're seeing is that the customer engagement seems, you know, seems to remain very, very high. Uh, but the issue is that there's like a lack of, um, uh, you know, purchase motivation right now. So we're looking at different ways where we could kind of drive some of that motivation, uh, whether or not it's uh, through a, a sales promotion, kind of a rebate directly to the homeowner, um, uh, or, or a gift card that allows them to kind of purchase uh, LG products uh, on, our, on our e-commerce platform. Uh, those are some of the things that we're, we're looking at. And we're also tracking a lot of blogs. Uh, we're looking at Reddit. Um, and and you know, it's kind of interesting what people are kind of talking about, right? One of, the, one of the biggest hot topic is, is financing. Uh, people are kind of scared about uh, you know, um, putting such a big investment in uh, right now when, when, when there's a concern about the economic uh, impact from COVID-19. Um, So financing is a big hot topic, and interestingly enough, um, the other one, the second uh, biggest topic uh, that people are kind of blogging about is is quality installs. So um, I thought that was kind of noteworthy.
0: Quality installs? You you mean how the quality of their install actually was?
4: Well, yeah, it is going to be kind of during this crisis, right? I mean, uh, there's um, oh, I see. yeah, with, with installers with limited crews, perhaps. Um, I think they're a little bit concerned about how their quality uh, is going to be when they're when they're installing during this time uh, time period.
0: Right. Yeah. That's and
4: nice. um, and, and, and just uh, so that's you know that's kind of some, some data that we we've gathered on the traffic side, uh, on the lead side. Um, you know, last week we kind of recorded uh, an all-time record: uh, 264 leads. And that's a, about an 86% jump over the same time period of, uh, of last year. And of the leads that we are able to track, and we're not able to track a lot of, uh, you know, all the leads, but of the leads that we are able to track, we're seeing a, a, 20, a close to 28% uh, close rate. So, so, you know, some silver lining there.
0: Okay. Great, Um, I want to wrap up with you, but um, we had a question come in from Laura about supply chain. Um, She asked, when do you expect, or when do you expect we will see the greatest impact to the module market as a result of factory downsizing closures and other delays related to COVID-19? China appears to be up and running normally, but her concerns are about um, the rest of Southeast Asia, especially in Q3, Q4, or 2021, what are your thoughts?
4: Uh, I think it's really hard to say right now, um, uh, you know, obviously most of the imports that's coming into the U.S. is from uh, Southeast Asia um, uh, and, and, and the, the, the imports from China mainland has been decreasing and it continues to decrease. Um, right now, I think, uh, you know, they have kind of a, a stay in place or, or, or uh, shelter in place orders in, in all the major kind of Southeast manufacturing hubs in, in Vietnam in Malaysia. Uh, but our understanding is that, uh, you know, most of the manufacturers there have, uh, exemptions and, you know, it's hard to say how long that's going to last for, uh, to be honest. But, um, but I think I agree with, uh, you know, Frank's earlier comment. Uh, it's, it's hard for me as a manufacturer to say that there's going to be an oversupply, but I think, you know, his, his opinion that there might be an oversupply coming in July is, you know, I think there is some basis to that. Um, and, uh, you know so right now I, th- I think we're still seeing uh you know plenty of supply and and I, I don't think anybody should be too worried about that from a from an installer level
0: great we appreciate your perspective uh on the more personal side how are you how are you holding up are you staying connected with friends and family yeah
4: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I uh you know we do a lot of zoom the, the kids do a lot of zoom but uh you know it, it definitely makes me appreciate uh, the teachers out there a lot more so uh, i think. You know, just yesterday, uh, Governor Newsom, I live in California, Governor Newsom uh, announced that, uh, you know, most likely they are not going to go back to school for the rest of this uh, school year. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, my, my wife and I, I think, drank, a, a, you know, a bottle of wine uh, after hearing that news.
0: Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, good luck. We appreciate you taking the time, David. Sure. All right. good luck. Thank, Thank you okay so as we wrap up the main portion of this town hall and get to any final questions um boaz i'd like to hand it over to you for some final
1: closing thoughts thanks tom um yeah it's really interesting how different the the tone is this week compared to last week just in terms of um the, the industry getting traction on innovation, uh, the, the news from Evelyn about how AHJs are adapting and how solar contractors are adapting in terms of um, selling online um, is really encouraging. Uh, and I, I think we're going to see a lot more evolution and innovation in the coming weeks. So I'm excited about that. Um, I also wanna just repeat, um, I'm really honored to be here with all of you. The sense of community that we feel together now um, is um, really inspiring. And uh, I'm excited about carrying that forward with us. And I wanna remind all of the solar contractors on this call that we're here for you. And if there's anything that we can do to support you Um, we will do our best to do it. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And I think that's it for me. Thank you, Tom. Okay,
0: sure, thank you, Boaz. Um, And as we say goodbye, um, I'd like to bring up our guests once again, uh, the ones who were able to stick around um, before we get to our last segment. So I want to thank, you know, David Chang, Vikram Agarwal, Frank Jessel, Evelyn Butler, Corey Garrison, Stephen Trimble, and Kara Paramanadam, uh for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Um, and some of these guests will be hanging out for Q&A if we do have questions. Um, and then, yeah, I'd like to hand it over to, to Crystal Riggle. Crystal Riggle, she's one of the producers on our show. Um, and she's going to... She's also a Zoom expert. She's learning all the ins and outs of, of Zoom in the background. So if you see people pop up when they're supposed to, that's, uh, that's Krista doing her job perfectly. Um, and if they don't, I guess that's her fault as well. Uh, great power, great responsibility, Krista. Um, so yeah, last week we talked about some of the things that people could do on the front lines um, out there. Um, oh, and I start my video. Can't even see me. Hi, Krista. Um, So yeah, Krista, we we talked about what people could do on the front lines uh, for those working on the COVID crisis last week. Um, Krista, I think you're going to talk about uh, some mindfulness stuff for this week. Uh, What what can you share with us?
9: Yeah, so um, last week we talked about the best things that we can do for the front lines are, um, you know, one, trying to keep ourselves healthy. So doing the things that Uh, the CDC, um, everybody is recommending social distancing, wash your hands, all of those things. Um, But at Baylo, we also talk a lot about health, um, not just physical health, but mental, emotional, psychological health. Um, Health has been one of our six core values since, I don't know, Boaz, since the beginning of your time here 10 years ago, I would assume. Uh, So we talk about a lot of those different aspects and I wanna dive in a little bit to the emotional, mental and psychological health. Portion of it because uh, during times of stress, um, mental—I guess that—that that mental physical health can kind of go out the window. That active self-care can kind of go out the window because we're so busy focused on what's happening in front of us. And so I want to remind everybody to forget or to not forget to take care of themselves. And um, there's a phrase out there that you can't fill from an empty cup. So as leaders within the industries, or you know, just people within like, families and communities out there, um, if we're empty ourselves, we can't really support the others that need it. So I want to make sure that everybody is remembering to grant themselves the space to take care of ourselves because it's beneficial for us and also those around us. So if you're new to self-care, some easy tips to get started. Um, one of which is taking a break from reading the news if you need it, take, giving a little bit of distance from that, um, prioritizing getting enough sleep, uh, connecting with your loved ones. So we've talked about that a little bit here, people doing FaceTime and Zoom and all of that. One of our coworkers, BJ Monger, actually celebrated his brother's birthday, his mom, or his grandma's birthday, and his sister's engagement party over Zoom with his family because they couldn't be together. So there are still ways that we can connect even if we are physically distant from one another. Um, another thing that you can do in self-care is exercise. So maybe that's taking your dogs for a walk, a new shelter dog if you happen to get one since our last segment. Um, you can practice yoga or whatever exercise feels good for you. And then another tip is to start a daily mindfulness practice. Um, that concept can be a little bit foreign to people. So if you want to help starting a mindfulness practice or want us to help keep you accountable, um, we are having one tomorrow that we're hosting. Um, and a, a fun mantra that actually came out of our team this week that I think has been helpful, it's from Rachel Shapira, our new um, Residential Finance Program Director. But the mantra that she shared is, it's not perfect, it's not personal it's not permanent so I think that's been something to kind of that's been helping our team remind us that um, there's a there's a light out there and we'll all get there.
0: Great thanks for that update Krista. and good good reminder to take care and um, yeah take some time to take care of ourselves and it seems now more important than ever. And yeah, as Krista said, we're gonna have a mindfulness session tomorrow morning at 8.30 Pacific time. You can go to solar-distribution.com to find out more. And um, the planning uh, and permitting um, UNIRAC webinar will be on Monday. Um, So you can go to solar-distribution.com to see that as well. And I believe most of all our questions have been answered. Um, So I think we're gonna skip the Q&A so again thank you all for attending today and make sure to check out next week's town hall on wednesday thanks boaz happy 10-year anniversary appreciate your time
1: thank you tom thank you everybody
0: all right bye